The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from some bacteria or virus that affected your joints, your brain, your stomach, and you were just never the same? Have you ever had some kind of virus felt like you were down in the dumps, tired, brain fog, and just felt achy, tired, like you had the flu and just never came back? If you've ever had some kind of infection, fatigue, and felt like your body was inflamed, today's your day because we're going to discuss virus fatigue and inflammation. This is part of a three-part series. In today's world, it's ever, everybody's concerned about COVID, virus, the flu, whether it's Lyme, Epstein-Barr virus, a variety of infections that people seem to be lingering on with the effects for days, weeks, months, even years. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to handle inflammation and how it gets stuck in our body, how we can move it through, and how we can understand what it tells about our body and what's going on in our life intuitively. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from the USA and Canada. Remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can get the show on your favorite podcast provider, as well as join this live show with a question every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, what is inflammation? I went back to my newest edition medical textbooks. I'm always buying these new books here. And you can get things in textbooks that you really can't get on the web. Everybody's looking things on the web and they're like, oh my God, I have this and I have this and I have that. 
It's best to really understand the foundation of inflammation, how our bodies get the fire turned on, and how the fire gets stuck on so we can learn to turn it off. What is inflammation? There are at least nine different inflammation pathways in our body. Many people, by the time they go to their doctors, whether it's pain, brain fog, a variety of digestive symptoms like indigestion, abdominal distension, bloating, whether it's problems with focus, paying attention, feeling like your joints are getting stiff or deteriorating, and so on and so on. Whatever it is, whether it's a chronic degenerative problem in your body, an infection, autoimmune, inappropriate aging, even cancers, obesity, and so on and so on, you might be told the foundation of your problem is inflammation, and you might be given an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, steroid, or biologic to turn off the fire. The thing is, if there are nine different ways in which our body can get on fire, often enough, those four different solutions don't often work. And so you're left with this ever-expanding array of antioxidants, anti-inflammatories. There's so many of them. There's so many foods, vitamins. All the B vitamins are antioxidants. Many of the dark leafy vegetables, many of the herbs and supplements. You can literally take all of this stuff and then it all goes through the liver and you're really taxing your system by taking so many general items that put out the fire when none of them may be specific for your type of inflammation. But what is inflammation as far as viruses go and bacteria? First, what happens is your body will recognize the virus and the bacteria. It either recognizes it by an innate ability of your body to do so, or your body has already come in contact with it before. Your body, it's an old Robin Williams shtick. Wait, wait, did I meet you, meet you at the Peninsula Cub? Did I meet you at the Feynman Bar Mitzvah? Our body recognizes when we've met something before. We've met staff, we've met strep, we've met Epstein-Barr, and so on, chicken pox. And we have antibodies. So when it comes into our system, the antibodies get sent out and tag it. And inflammation starts early. It's like a receiving line at the wedding. At the beginning of the line, the wedding, you, there's a receiving line. And there's the receiving line when you get bacteria or virus. Your immune system goes to the gate and it receives the virus and the bacteria. And your white cells and your tissue release these molecules that don't just try to eliminate the bacteria, the virus, but they also call reinforcements to the area, like the cavalry. 
And some of those reinforcements are short-lived. They come in and they leave. And others stay along for a long time. The ones that are short-lived immediately clip and deteriorate. Or they go to the liver. Your liver is a big deal. And your liver eliminates them. Because you don't want to have all this fire extinguishers, things that kill viruses around. It's like acid because it will start eating away at your own tissue. That's important. What's important is we have things that kill bacteria and viruses, but you don't want them just floating around in your body because if they were floating around, they'll kill your own tissue too. Very important. And your liver inactivates those molecules. Some people have problems with their liver and some people have problems with enzymes that don't inactivate your own systems that attack viruses and bacteria. Very important. I'm sure you've met those people that when there's an argument and, and it's kind of lowing down, they don't, they don't let it go. They keep going. And another thing. <laughs> They just keep fighting, 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 fighting. Some people's systems just don't calm down. They stay in that early phase. And around that time, histamine is released, prostaglandins are released, leukotrienes. These sound like big, big, big mouth-filled molecules but what is important is that you take stuff all the time that counteracts them a lot of the medicines that we have now for allergies for autoimmune illnesses that are based on inflammation neutralize these inflammatory mediators that our systems create to attack viruses, bacteria, allergies, and so on. A lot of the leukotrienes, a lot of the prostaglandins, antihistamines, all try to neutralize these early inflammatory reactions in your body. But what's important to know is you already have a capacity to do that in your body. You have switches to turn them off, especially locally in the area that you're inflamed, but also in your liver. And so you have to ask yourself, how much stuff are you taking in your diet? How many herbs, how many supplements, how many medicines are you taking that compete with all the enzymes your livers have to neutralize inflammation? And then there's what you need to know is that in our tissue, we actually have anti-inflammation, something like aspirin, prostaglandins, PGI2. I studied it when I was doing research in a lab. It helps keep blood vessels open, which is why they give people baby aspirin. We also have bad prostaglandins, PGI 3 and 1, and they 
a not good inflammation. They, they, you know, they cause vasoconstriction. They make the blood vessels narrow. When we take DHA, omega-3 fatty acids, we are trying to balance this system in us. What's important to know is a balance of omega-3s and omega-6s in our body balance the system that we have in us that turns off inflammation. We already have too much omega-6. We don't have enough omega-3 in our diet. The other thing we need to know is if you are intuitively keyed into other people, their sadness and their problem, and you don't know how to handle when somebody gets angry and you get anxious, that goes to your adrenal gland. Your adrenal gland takes hormones, oh, I don't know, pregnenolone, DHEA, and converts it via progesterone to cortisol. The cortisol messes up this system. And it may shift it to you being immunocompromised, thus getting more bacteria, more viruses, and then chronic infections. If you ask yourself, why am I constantly inflamed? And you're taking a laundry list ad nauseum of Oh, I don't know, curcumin. I've heard of absolutely everybody. There's some people, they're amazingly educated. And in fact, then they go into nutrition. But then they say, oh my God, I'm an empath. And it's because they take all these anti-inflammatories, but yet they live in a vat of inflammation because they don't see that they are like a powder keg. They are like they live in an environment where they are gasoline and the people around them are matches. They are living in an inflammatory situation. So we look in our body and we can have signs that we are in, and you can check it in your blood. There are things called acute phase reactants. And they tell us that we have inflammation in our body. One of them is IL-1 interleukin-1, IL-6, TNF-alpha. They let us know there's cytokines that our white cells in our tissue are on fire. Well, you can also tell because you feel feverish, you feel sleepy, you feel achy. And sometimes you can feel this 24 hours after you've gotten upset in a family or other environment when there was a dust-up. In medical intuition, that tells you first center that you didn't feel safe and secure. And so your immune system, your white cells, resonate with feeling invaded, kind of like the metaphor of feeling invaded with bacteria virus. And you pick up unspoken conflict Via third center adrenal gland, you release cortisol, and for a time being, you become immunocompromised. Is this like the Akashic Records? Am I talking woo-woo medical intuition? Actually, I'm not. 
There's a man named Salvador Mnuchin who talks about in every family there's a sensitive one. They release cortisol. They tend to have digestive problems, especially when situations in a family where there's unspoken emotion. So if you have problems with chronic inflammation, viruses, fatigue, don't keep checking for the bearer of bad tidings, the strep, the bacteria, du jour, the Lyme, and so on, because every decade it's going to be something different. Now it's going to be COVID, then it was Epstein-Barr, then it was Lyme, and so on and so on. What it's telling you is that your body's immune system is chronically activated because you're picking up something in your environment that doesn't feel safe and secure. And then your liver, third center, has to constantly produce intermediaries, proteins, that help with the immune response. Whether it's HDL, yes, that good cholesterol, that gives macrophages, immune cells, energy to fight bacteria. They also produce fibrinogen, which helps with the clotting cascade, and so on and so on. The point is, the inflammation isn't just an immune reaction to bacteria and viruses in our environment. Inflammation is also an emotional reaction to unspoken, it's an intuitive reaction to unspoken situations in a family or group of people around you. Understand that it's our intuitive guidance system. Don't kill the messenger. Don't look for that latest molecule of emotion, to quote the book by Candace Pert. Look for what is setting you on fire inside of you, bacteria and virus, but outside you and around you. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about virus fatigue and inflammation. We will go to line three, Maria, 47. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? I um, am having a lot of mental health issues, just feeling flat and hopeless. And every time I reach out to medical, the medical system, I have Medi-Cal, I am literally blocked. I don't get calls returned. I make appointments. They don't show. They disappear from the books. And I have digestive health issues and probably adrenal fatigue or something, um, thyroid. I'm not sure what else. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know how to regulate myself well. I can't seem to just function and tolerate because I do have a lot of unspoken emotion with people that I live with that I'm related to. So it's like I don't matter. Okay. Everybody has a family. Families are part of our life they're supposed to make us feel safe and secure 
and give us a sense of belonging. However, we also have a role to help make our, our family work as well. It's called blending in. And some people who are unique, lovingly unique, have trouble doing that. Whether it's they're sensitive, emotional, anxious, they stand at the periphery. And their families at times call them too sensitive. They end up having a lifeline, a lifetime of feeling scapegoated, separate. Is that you? Um, I, I have been really sensitive, yes. I dealt with all the abusive situations by imploding and um, and just really calling on lifelines just to figure out how to forgive, how to let go. I just feel like empty. Like they take the joy away from what I enjoy because they're narcissistic, but yet they're helpful, which I appreciate. And I have moments where I'm, okay, I'm going to move. I'm going to look, but then I am still in the midst of it all and all the health, health issues and trying to find healers and then dealing with the medical system and constantly fighting with them and just the energy trying to change the energy of me to change my future and it's just I not doesn't seem to be working very well because I just feel I've rescinded I didn't don't have a lot of energy to do anything or desire even and when someone and when someone feels like and like you out of sorts, struggling, trying to fit in, trying to get help. They end up in medical intuition, having a mind that's uniquely suited, that they end up feeling more bonded to the heavens, to spirituality, Mm -hmm. to mysticism, than to people on earth. They end up feeling safer to otherworldly pursuits because people on earth don't understand you. Do you find that to be true? Um, I'm starting to, the last seven or so years, I got involved more with the Hay House authors and all associated with that and just taking the trail and trying to heal myself and figuring out how else I can energetically and spiritually connect to heal. And so, yeah, I don't have human people. I really, I don't, I don't have human people I talk to. What's Um, important, what's important to know is that one thing that you do have in common that's true of this system of us humans is that each time any of us have an illness suffer that our body develops a mechanism through suffering that we actually 
get more access to the divine, that it helps us communicate with hope. The reason why I know this is because in 2012, I had a spinal surgery. I've had a lot of them. My first was in tw when I was 12. I was flat on my back for for eight months when I was eight or uh, 12. But in 2012, I had to have another surgery because I was having trouble walking. In the first 10 minutes, I died and I had to be resuscitated. And what was remarkable is I didn't see a light. I didn't see a tunnel. I didn't see any dead relatives. But I was never the same. And each time I've had a series of health catastrophes, because I have like a genetic syndrome, scoliosis and epilepsy and everything else I've had is kind of uh, comes off of that breast cancer, getting run over by a truck because of the seizures and so on. Each time I've had something, I've always gotten, it's hard. I, my heart goes out to you. Some people don't understand when your friends and family are going out and getting married and having kids, it can be lonely. However, in those moments when you're alone, there's a space between you and another world that opens up. It first happened when I was 12. I realized that I wasn't alone. I didn't feel lonely. And though it was very tough, it happened again when I was 19. It happened again and again and again and again. And it happened for that long month that I was in the hospital when I was in 2012. And having come out of that surgery, I was up all night. It was agony. And I never felt alone. When each and every one of us goes through this catastrophe, we get closer to the divine and it gives us hope. It rewires our brain and our body through the cortisol, the norepinephrine, the stress hormones of inflammation. Inflammation rewires our brain. PTSD, cortisol changes our brain through inflammation. But what's important to know is inflammation changes our body and our brain. It makes us porous or sensitive, like you're crying on, the, on this phone that everybody can hear you all over the world. It makes you labile, crying, weepy, brain fog. But that is the mindset that helps us connect to the divine. Your mind on fire is the divine mind. When we come back, we're going to talk more about virus fatigue and inflammation you're listening to healthy living healthy living intuitively i'm dr mona lisa you're listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
We're back. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show has been talking about virus fatigue and inflammation. Are you still there? Line one. Me? Yes. Yes, Maria, oh. are you still there? Yes. All right. I so can you, like, expl- oh, can you explain to me an event where within 24 hours you felt achy, your abdomen hurt, and it was after chaos in the family? What happened? An event? Oh, that's been like my life. Lay me on a big one, the recent one, most recent one. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I don't know about achy because I try not to react with my stomach as much as I used to in anger, but um, it's just ongoing where... um, the abuse would happen where I would, my feelings would be dis- disregarded. My okay, well, let me dis- ask you a question. Let me ask this. So when okay. it happens over and over again, where we, we all illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a genetic condition. You have a genetic All of us do. Viruses and so on. But every illness is aggravated by an emotional, intuitive, and environmental component. Mm-hmm. We can learn the intuitive voice, the mystical voice underneath our health problem. So, have you, after having this problem for a long time, have you found that you've restricted yourself? So, have you moved yourself from people or different environments that have triggered you? Yes. Good or bad? Because that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you are making your life smaller and smaller. Yes. And events that happen in our life, tragedy, trauma, like going to first grade, for God's sakes, these are crises in which are painful. We fall. We get hurt. We have fights or arguments. We get fired. All of these events give us pain but give us an opportunity to enlarge and grow a part of our brain and psyche and body. When we grow, part of us dies. When we have something change in our brain, we have remolding, remodeling in our house. We break down a wall and we open up a room. The same thing in our brain, the same thing in our body. It's constantly remodeling. But some people, when they've had a trauma and a tragedy, they sequester themselves. They they leave certain places that they've become injured, relationships, people, family. For me, my spine became so difficult. I was walking bent over. One day, I actually walked into a tree. I couldn't even walk to my mailbox. I literally had gotten smaller and smaller. And I couldn't actually see the sky because I actually walked into a tree. And I got sick of living that way. Yeah. And I realized by not walking, I could get heavy. I could have a stroke. I could get breast cancer again. And the people who are listening to the show, I want you to think about 
how your life through fatigue and inflammation and tragedy and trauma has gotten smaller. How you avoided situations that are more and more difficult. This is the time to change. There's a wonderful song sung by Barbara Streisand called A Wider Piece of Sky. She's saying, you know, tell me, tell me where it's meant that I'm meant to be. This is when we start to think what our purposes in life. Whenever we have this repetitive problem, we're in a rut. We get a virus that paints us into a corner. We get a cancer that can be secondary to a virus that it feels like a dead end. We get a depression or something or a funk that we're out of sorts. This is a time to ask ourselves, what is my purpose in life? For why am I put here? And for me, like this song, I, I needed a wider piece of sky. I couldn't even see the world. And if you and the people listening to this show have noticed that your health, that your life has narrowed your experience, this is the time to engage in a purpose in life because making it an obsession will force you to live a wider life. And so that's why I had that surgery. And though the first steps that will force you to make a change may actually hurt. And for me, I actually died in the OR. It, that's what happens. Things, some things have to die for something to be reborn. However, that's what causes, with inflammation, Cells die and new ones are put in their place. There is a place for viruses and bacteria in our life. Our bodies react to them. We kill them and we have a rebirth of new cells in our body. Whenever we have a tragedy in our life, we experience a mini death, but then it creates us closer to the divine. That's what tragedy, crisis, and death is in our life. And so when you, Maria, mm-hmm. have had problems in your life, the cortisol of the stress, it may cause you to be more susceptible to viruses and bacteria. They may overgrow in your digestive tract, causing you to have inflammation in your digestive tract, releasing enterotoxins. Another person may have neurotoxins in their brain from bacteria there. Another person may have achiness in their joint cytotoxins, and so on and so on. These are proteins that are released in cells from inflammation. Then there are inflammatory mediators produced by bacteria they're called endotoxins they are in our gi tract they can go to our blood and affect our heart causing inflammation these are the proteins of inflammation they may create a whole cascade of inflammatory mediators whether it's histine compl- histamine people know because of antihistamines, complement, um, 
all kinds of inflammatory mediators that create that feeling in our brain, that fog, that ever out of this world feeling of fever, sleepiness, tired, weakness, not wanting to eat, transiently not wanting to be around people. But that floaty feeling is an out of this world feeling. And in those moments, if we can hold on to them, our brain is transformed. For a while in the 80s, people wanted a mystical experience. There's something called a delirium, an altered state of consciousness, that literally your brain waves change. And the point is, is if you have that for a while, your brain gets rewired by it. Your perception changes, how you see things, hear things, and feel things change. And many people begin the process of having mystical experiences. If you, the more serious the problem, the more hopeless the problem, the more likely a person's brain gets wired for access to the divine. And the most outrageous experiences people have, what they call a near-death experience, where they, you know, go down the tunnel and they see the light. Actually, I don't remember the light, and probably because I was brain injured. I had anoxic injury. I don't remember it. I think you have to remember that. I don't I don't remember seeing anybody either. However, I do remember that I had a clarity for reading literature that was mystical, of understanding things that I didn't understand before, that I was transformed. And it's not just me, it's everybody who comes from crisis. People who come out of tragic childhood, children who have cancer, their thought processes are different. So Maria, I know that it is difficult for you, but people who suffer from the states that you suffer, they are told they are un too sensitive. They are told that they are unusual and not understood. And they do have what people call mental health issues. However, people who are wired differently may be unique on earth, but that gives you perhaps skills on accessing the divine. Can you tell me what kinds of mystical experiences you've had? Um, hmm. You probably don't not, even think of them as unusual. It's not like a lot. I'm not sure exactly what you would be referring let me give you, to. Let me give you an example, okay? When I grew up, I grew up Catholic, Portuguese Catholic, which is different. Um, I'll explain in a second with my Aunt Evie. But there's a lot mm -hmm. of um, screaming the rosary and things like that. It's very emotional. But when I went to church, I, for, since I can remember, I could always see and talk to God. And it wasn't really a big thing. It was just, you know, I could just see it. I could see spirit and trees, God and trees and the air. And I mean, I didn't 
think of a big deal. But when we went to church, I didn't understand why people had to put money on these plates to listen to the priest. I'm not kidding you. I thought, isn't that interesting? They have to put the money on the plate to listen to that guy in the front. And I can just look up and talk to God directly. I don't have to pay. It wasn't until I was nine or ten that I realized, oh, my God, they can't hear God. Isn't that funny how that is? Mm-hmm. And then I got a little bit older and I thought, you know, I guess people are just different. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. I didn't think I was better or worse. I just thought, you know, I was different. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Then when I got to be the eighth grade, after the whole stint in the hospital with the spinal surgery, I realized that I was too sensitive, that I would cry a lot, especially if a teacher yelled or something. And I got sent to the guidance department and I was, um, the guidance department told me, he said, you're never going to survive in life if you're this sensitive. And, you know, on one hand, it's pathological to be so labile and to cry all the time. It's, it's, it's quite, um, handicapping, especially in profession. I mean, it was great mm-hmm. in the OR and operating room because I was behind a mask. Nobody can see you crying if you're behind a scrub mask. However, you know, I can't help it. On the other hand, having no facade makes for a good medical intuitive. You don't have a mask, literally. And that mm-hmm. pun is intended. And that is a mental health issue, whether it's pseudo-bulbar palsy, which they now advertise, and they give you a medication for it, or what it is. All I know is, is that ever since the beginning of time, people who have unique brains and immune systems and spines have spiritual proclivities. There are, there's a whole body of literature called neuro um, theology. And many of the great intuitives and spiritual saints, and I'm no saint, had epilepsy. Catherine Siena, Teresa LeSure, Catherine Siena, Joan of Arc, um, all these people had epilepsy and they saw the divine. Many of them had very difficult health. Many of them had inflammation, all kinds of health problems. So what we call inflammation today, we might have called rheumatoid arthritis, not rheumatoid arthritis, we would have called it the rheumatiz, rheumatism in the past. It may have been what John Denver called you fill up my senses their senses intuition got filled up by people around them in the song that was sung by john denver you fill up my senses like a night in the forest people think that annie's song is a love song between him and annie but actually it describes our connection with the divine and sometimes or the people around us sometimes our immune system if we're overly connected to other people and we don't have the brain to handle it, and some people with mental health issues have that problem, 
the pro the feelings of people around us if we don't know how to name them respond effectively and release them they go down into our body our adrenal gland our adrenal gland releases cortisol it messes up our immune system it makes us more susceptible to bacteria and viruses and the toxin that's bacteria or virus specific whether it's neurotoxins to our brain, enterotoxins, GI tracts, cytotoxins, our cells, elicits some unique response. Then endotoxins get, could get released in our digestive tract, causing a variety of effects in our blood. Whatever it is, it creates early effects with a variety of proteins and carbohydrates, complement and so on, that sometimes can be short-lived, but long-lived if we don't, if our bodies can't eliminate them, especially our liver, or our diet can't balance them with prostaglandins like DHA and so on. However, we do have a capacity to get rid of low-grade infections and eliminate them or sequester them off with scar tissue. The point is that through intuition we do have an effect of our bodies becoming inflamed or getting infected or having our immune system be compromised by being too connected to the pain the suffering or maybe even the anger of those around us and it may explain why kids in families who feel abused or scapegoated may have a unique capacity for autoimmune problems, infections, and illnesses. So it does not surprise me, Maria, that you have a unique capacity for problems with your family growing up and now, as well as chronic problems with your digestive tract, because that is exactly what science shows us. And if you learn with cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectic behavioral therapy to handle your unique porousness or sensitivity, your body would get less inflamed by inflammatory situations around you. You would also be able to more effectively be able to exp express your needs to medical personnel. Do you understand? Yes, I did try that and got seven appointments, canceled, messed up, never got any help. And it just turned into... Can I tell you something? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want you to understand that there are many disappointments, many doctors, many nurses, many practitioners that will disappoint you. Mm-hmm. It's been the thing, though. That's medical. I understand. I want. Yeah. I want. I want you to understand something. Yeah. I didn't say how long it took me to get that surgery. You know, <laughs> I condensed it. Do you know what I mean? It took me a long time to get a doctor to even look at me. Mm-hmm. Nobody 
would touch my my spine. I had some one doctor say I had a minor degenerative changes in my neck. Till the guy at Barrow's Neurological Institute, one of the best in the world, said anybody who can look at you sees that you're terribly crippled. You look like you have cerebral palsy. So it was very upsetting for some people to look at me and think that I was faking, only to have somebody else say, you look crippled. You look like you have cerebral palsy. Do you understand? I understand what it's like to be made fun of. I remember having a clot in my leg after that surgery, walking into an emergency room. I'm a physician, for God's sakes. I have two doctorates. I have a swollen left leg. It's twice the size of the right leg. It's swollen and it's red. And they can't find out why that is. And so they do a Doppler on it. Nobody can find out what it is. The point of the matter is, they're going to let me go. And finally, I'm trying to be kind. I said, maybe the claw is in the hip. It takes them 25, and they're doing the best they can. That's the point that you understand, Maria, is we're all just trying to do the best we can. I've gotten frustrated. God knows I've been frustrated. I end up sending a lot of fruit baskets after I lose my, my nerve and I lose my temper. I just say, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. But it took me 25 hours in the emergency room before they got me from the ER telling me there was nothing wrong to the ICU and being put on TPA, a clot buster, and heparin and kept there for three days in the intensive care unit. I understand what it's like to be made a fool of. And I'm a physician and told there was nothing wrong. I'm so sorry for that. But one thing you have to keep is hope. Hope. I know that's very hard. I know that's very hard. But this is Unity Online Radio. And you know what the word one is in Hebrew? It's shalom. It's whole. And I can tell you that one of the things that gives me peace in the worst case scenarios of, that I've always been in is that even though in my worst desperation, I try to think of the other times when I've been in my worst desperation and somehow I always pull out. And if I can't think about that, to quote Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, look for the helpers. And they don't always necessarily have to be in hospitals and doctors. They might be at Unity. They might be a clergy. They might be a lot of different people. They aren't necessarily always a GI doctor or something else. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes. And then eventually, one of those doctors, you keep going. They're going to call you back. You have to keep your faith. I don't know why I still have my faith. 
I've been run over by a truck, a car. I remember calling people when I got run over by the car. And people said, I said, you know, I've been run over by a car. And they said, I know, you got run over before in 1984. I went, no, it was 2014. I got run over again. They said, you're kidding. I went, no, this is a different vehicle. I don't know how I still have I know I'm not kidding you. That really happened. In fact, Carolyn May said, next time you want to come into Chicago and get run over by a car, let me know ahead of time. I mean, I don't know why, but I think it makes a good medical intuitive because after all these disasters, I can tell you I'm not dead yet. I'm still here. And I have a good life. And I've gone through the, the I've gone through it alone and with people alone on earth but together with the divine do you understand i know i'm blessed and i am grateful i just don't know hope i never knew hope. can i tell you i, just... I know you, you don't know hope okay mm-hmm. or faith but and all that. i guess no no i understand that however <clears throat> you're still here aren't you yes so something must be keeping you here. How's that? Do you get it? You, something inside of you is a strong, tenacious person. Strong, tenacious person. Do you understand? Who hasn't given up? despite incredible odds. I wish you and all the other people listening all the best. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.